0: Today's Diana Prince is Pulaska Ramirez. Paula is the founder and executive director of Generation Fearless, an organization that set out to transform the experiences of first-generation women, helping them navigate the complexities of life with confidence and resilience. Paula earned her bachelor's degree, then went on to earn her master's in administrative science, and is now pursuing her doctorate, emphasizing her dedication to continuous growth. She was born in Passaic, New Jersey, and later became a proud resident of Patterson, so Paula embodies the essence of her community. As a first-generation Latina, she knows firsthand the challenges and uncertainties of navigating college, graduate school, relationships, and adulthood without a reference point. She is definitely a trailblazer, a champion for first-generation women, and a symbol of resilience and determination. And that is why Paula Ramirez is my Diana Prince for today. Pulaska, thank you for joining me on Diana Prince. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. We're going to talk about community today, and more critically, community for first-generation women and. I want to start and get a little bit of background about you In your introduction. I did mention that you grew up in, was it Passaic? Yeah. Right? And in Patterson. So you definitely have a a background where you grew up in a predominantly Latin community and as your first generation, right? Yes. Okay. So give me a little background about what that was like for you.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, I was born and raised um, in Passaic, New Jersey. I am first generation, I say first generation everything. Um, my mom came from the Dominican Republic, late twenties, early thirties. Um, so I grew up in a, a small urban town. Um, I'm an only child and my mom was an only child. Um, so we've always been very close. Um, unfortunately, my dad was, wasn't always in the healthiest of spaces. So he had a drinking problem, was very abusive. Um, so my mom did the heavy lifting um, and raised by herself. Um, so I'm always very grateful. A lot of what I say in, any, in all the work that I do is that I get the opportunity and have the privilege to dream and to do so many things so that she didn't get a chance to. Being raised by a single parent um, in a urban area, low income, the priority for my mom was to make sure that I was fed and that we had a roof over our head. Um, and so many things were important, but my mom wasn't a person saying, Hey, go to college, go do these things. She was going to support whatever I chose to do. But again, the priority was making sure that we had basics. And even now, I spend some time on, I'm not a Wednesday person. I like Mondays, believe it or not. I don't like (laughs) Wednesdays. And even on my Wednesdays, I'm trying to be in a good space. I walk out of my house walking in gratitude and I'm like, okay, I am grateful that I'm walking right to my car. There's people that can't walk into my car, going to work because I remember Not having a car, putting on layers of clothes to get on a bus and to wait to get to the other side. Leaving the supermarket with a cart that you're not supposed to take off the property. But me and mommy couldn't carry everything because it was heavy and we didn't have a cab, So we struggled for a bit, um, but I never realized I was poor until I got to college because I had what I needed. And I wasn't raised on that. You needed all these materialistic things, right? If I wanted something, mommy saved and she would put it on layaway and somehow I would get it. Um, and I think being an only child made it easier. Um, but I think all of that is the foundation to the work that I do in my day job in higher education, to my work that I do with Generation Fearless. Um, It just kind of has shaped who I am in a lot of different ways.
0: Got it. Got it. You, you mentioned that you didn't realize that you were poor. Where, where did you notice things were lacking for you?
1: I knew they were lacking, but I didn't realize that it was bad, if that makes sense. So, yeah. And, I, and, I, and there's, there's a moment that I and my mom the other day we were talking about it and she I couldn't believe that she remembered and I remember one time my dad had already left my mom's a baker she's raised me on baking cakes and taking care of kids and us sitting in the car looking for change because she didn't have the rest of the money for rent and even in that moment I didn't realize that we were poor it was just a hard moment and then some a wave came that got better when I got to college and People in brand new cars, or people that can call home for money. Yeah. You're like, wait, your mama has it? Because mommy would be like, here's defense the So there's twenty dollars, and it, it better last a week. And my yeah. mom's form of giving was food. Right, my mother would make a tray of rice and chicken and bring it for me and my floor because latina Latinas that's the way of love. Right, if she couldn't do anything mm-hmm. else, she was gonna make sure that she fed me and fed my friends. But to say that like I needed a book or I needed to navigate something and mommy was going to help, that's just not where the love and support was going to come. So in college, when I'm seeing brand new cars and you have a credit card and you you can call mom because you have a credit card bill or a stress,
0: I'm like, oh. So tell me then, you know, what specifically inspired you, you know, aside from your background and just noticing that you know, that you definitely were raised very differently than everyone else in your circles, let's say in college. What inspired you to create Generation Fearless? I
1: think it was so much, right, one
0: my experience, but I don't think I realized it
1: right away. It was like a couple years. I had my first meltdown when I graduated because we talk about so much that education is supposed to be, especially in Black and Brown communities, low-income communities, it's supposed to be the equalizer. It's supposed to be our way out. And there is truth to that, but a lot of times you end up with a degree and if you don't have the networking and the resources, that doesn't give you the lift that they sell you that it's going to give you. So, I remember even graduating and it's like, okay, how do I navigate these other spaces? And then the women around me, right? The women that I always call my tribes, my close friends, are we're all first gen Americans, first gen college. And we're like, so am I doing something wrong? Okay. No, I'm doing the same thing. And so, being in those circles, but in my day job, being in higher education, I saw that a lot of my students would graduate and they would come back because they were in that same boat. So, they figured out college, but now, how do they figure out the professional
0: space? The work. The yeah. And I can tell you, from my experience, we are a generation apart, mm-hmm. you and I, and finding that community was difficult. When I walked out of, you know, obviously, I had my Latino community, but I did not have the reference point that you mentioned. You know that somebody that, that has, you know, gone to college and and can give me some other idea of what possibilities there were outside of of, of my household, mm-hmm. but and when when I went out into the workspace and when I went out into the university which happened for me as an adult like I didn't go straight in it happened at, at night but there wasn't a, a Latino community at the time mm-hmm. that that I could relate to so I I actually you know when you said you wanted to talk about that community it I got excited about it because god I I hope that definitely has changed in the freaking generation and that it it is better right now. And I I love what you're doing and what I've seen with Generation Fearless. So let's dig into that a little bit Uh, with the organization. What is the most significant challenge that you've experienced with? Oh, I'm sorry. Scratch that question. (laughs) I completely fucked it up. What I wanted to ask. We'll edit no, that one. Okay. What is the most significant challenge that you have noticed you know, that, that are experienced by first generation women with generation fearless? But what do they this generation fearless address the most i think that we focus on three
1: pillars because there's three specific things that i think are the most challenging one is our emotional wellness because being first generation you carry women do and generate right? the intersectionality of our identities being mm-hmm. latina being a woman being first gen of being low income there's all these layers and responsibilities and i think that's one of our major challenges Right. That at home, my mom always says, but I do have English. Right. You know, the language. So to her, because that's her biggest barrier, you know, the language. So nothing should be hard. You should be able to navigate everything. because you know oh, No, you but know.
0: wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have one for you. But you're so. So now you are also the one with that has the most advantage in the family. Right. So everything goes to you. <laughs> it's a big responsibility to be the one to know English. And it's right. a big responsibility to be the one to go to college. Because now you're the doctor, you're the lawyer, you're the, you know, you're everything, every right?
1: Did I send you to school for what did you learn? <laughs> yes. What did you learn? Absolutely. Like, so I think that's one of those big challenges, right? Because the professional space, right, when we're transitioning to that, they assume that because it's shifting, right? Usually it's second and third generation of lawyers, of teachers, of doctors, of people in higher ed. So there's a culture that's understanding that's taught that we don't know. But at Mm -hmm. home, it's like, you should know too. And we're like in limbo, like I'm learning, I'm figuring it out. And that was part of creating the organization, right? Because we're forever first gen. You figure out one and then the next. And that's what we focus on Generation Fearless, that emotional wellness. How do we navigate professional spaces? And how do we have conversations like this? Because a lot of the time it's lonely. Because mm-hmm. you are the first figuring it out and work doesn't get it and home doesn't get it. But how do we make sure that we're not dealing with high levels of guilt, anxiety, that we're working through our challenges and being present, right? Because a lot of the times what happens is that we don't always demand or see our own value mm-hmm. in a lot of spaces because at home or again, depending on cultures, you're supposed to be grateful for being in the room and that should be it. You're in the room yes. and your hard work should help you move. And that's not always the case. Um, and we focus on financial wellness.
0: Can we dig into that a little bit? Yeah. And in in, in in being grateful to be in the room. Oh, so as we as as Latina women, you know, as women already, yeah, first of yeah. all. Yeah. Let's just put that out there that women don't o- always own the space that they are they they, they don't want to take up space. As Latina yeah. women, we don't want we wanna take up even less space. <laughs> yeah I was <laughs> to a, 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 a so, and you just tapped into the fact that you know you address the emotional well-being of that but how do we how are latina women now navigating that I know how I navigated it but tell me how is the you know, the new generation navigating that is it because there's more community out there and that they have No more people no more resources let me know what that landscape looks like for them
1: I think it is a lot that we've been able to build community and call out what it is that I think culturally we're told that it's what we're supposed to do and culturally by our home right as being Latinas for some of us some Mm -hmm. of the culture that we're in in that culture I'm in higher education I'm in an office that's predominantly women and women of color so I don't have those challenges but I have a board member that is in a male dominant space That she like i think one of three women in the whole entire floor so that space already but i think that being able to have these conversations creates a little bit of a relief right? and helps you stand up a little bit because it's not me
0: i'm not going yeah. to
1: minimize myself right? and then when we go to the core of what it is right? that we have the skill set we have the education and we have the skills then why are we making minimizing ourselves right i sh- i am proud to be in every, every any room i'm grateful but at the end of the time, somebody didn't just say, "Okay, Pulaska, here I'm going to do your favor. Just walk in. I have the degrees. I yeah, do the good. work." So a lot of the time, it's reminding ourselves that yes, it's it, it is a blessing, and yes, we're supposed to be grateful. But you worked hard to be in that room. You have ideas. You bring value, and we need to remind each other. I'm fucking
0: glad you said that, though.
1: Because I really, really
0: said that. I don't know. Is, what to say. Is, okay, there's nothing cool that's not given to us, no. and I really am. I'm, th- I'm thankful you mentioned it because I am of the mindset and it's, you know, it's one thing to be grateful because obviously, you know, nothing, is, you know, nothing is life is guaranteed. So ah. if you made it to, you know, to 40, if you made it to 50, that's a blessing. But a lot of the things that we achieve in life is something that we create for ourselves. Absolutely. And, I, and as women, again, I want people to scream it from the rooftops. I, I achieved this as Latino women, nothing came for free. You worked your ass off. Absolutely. So take credit for it. And so I'm really glad you said that. It's just, uh, you know, we also don't normally acknowledge ourselves enough. So let's, let's go. How does Generation Fearless help foster and create communities for women? I think that we do that in a lot of different ways, right? We do
1: that in our small groups. So we have something called Fearless Conversations that are a virtual roundtable kind of conversation that we have online. And we talk about, for example, guilt, right? We've had a session on what does it look like getting close to the holiday, which is no different sometimes that I do with my students. But as first-generation women that are going to go back home, and first gen in a lot of different ways, right? First gen, and we're looking at first gen American and what it is to go back home to our native cultures, right? That they're different. A first gen college, when everyone thinks, I have one of my best friend is from Southern Maryland. her She's in production, completely different. So she's first gen when it comes to this. They don't fully understand what it is to be in New York City and not coming from Southern Maryland. My mom still doesn't really understand what I do, right? I'm in higher education. She's just
0: she helps Carmen. That is her thing. You think a lot. Yeah. yeah, I I worked for 30 years in in corporate America and my mom never knew what I did, never knew what I did. And uh, and there's no way I was ever going to be able to explain it to her because to her, everything is a, like she she understands bodegas. She understands exchanging money for a product and everything like that but getting paid to just think and strategize not really you no know, I, I you know I think I may have tried to explain it to her once she yeah just I'm just you glad that. You're
1: yeah <laughs> sometimes validating the work I can't expect my mom to be I got into my doctoral program and I always share and I was so excited little girl from the hood and got into a doctoral program yeah I got it, like I'm gonna start and, and I tell my mom and my mom a te gusta la escuela, you really like school. And I'm like, can we focus on like how exciting this is? I got, I went from an assistant director to an associate director. I've done certain things and she's like, are they going to pay you for that? That's more work. Not understanding. So in our community, sometimes it's just to be able to say, hey, I reached this goal. I passed yeah. this, I got a certification. I got an additional assignment. But that's something that I want to, wanted to work on. This is something that I wanted to do. Um, and we do that, like I said, in our fearless conversation. We have a one-day retreat usually in May, because not everyone has the privilege of being able to go away for a couple of days. So we try to have that in one day um, at Fairleigh Dickinson University. Um, and we have a lot of these conversations of how do we heal from generational trauma? How do we call trauma what it is? Um, because so many things are just cultural as first generation, as Black and Brown, that we kind of brush under the rug. And they say, you know, you just have to keep it moving. But we need to start healing from. But that's the way that we do it, being able to, you don't have to explain too much. I understand what it mm-hmm. is to have a mom that's not under, not going to value your work the same way. You're going to yeah. be so proud and excited. My mom is proud, but not sometimes and doesn't react the way that I would want her to. But she doesn't have context. Right? I stop mm-hmm. wanting her to be as proud and excited. I take it where she can give it in the ways that she can based on her experience. Right? Not that she doesn't, she isn't smart. It's just she doesn't get it.
0: It's the size. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it right now, because this is what my mother shows love. Is the size of your plate of rice and beans. Yeah, <laughs> you got a really nice meal. That's it. That's Absolutely. it. So, you, know, you just have a great conversation, have a great meal, and that's it. and that that's what you got. And it's, it's the same with me. But I, I want to ask you something personal, though. Of course. Okay. So what was your reference point to? your reference point for college, like what piqued that interest for you? Was it there always while you were in high school? Who opened that door for you? Because usually when you don't have a reference point, it, 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 it's, you know, you can go in 10, ten other different directions. But what, what made you want to take on the education piece? And I'm honest, I wanted to leave home.
1: I don't think there was anything. I saw it like many people do that it was going to, yes, give me opportunities, but I wanted to, um, sharing and processing all at the same time. I think it was yeah. a trauma response. <laughs> I think
0: I literally wanted was a, to, a, to leave my home, right? This is the and way, I this is, is the way home. I go. This is the way yeah. I, I can go. And and you've got a roof different. over your head automatically, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom was, is amazing, right? She drives me crazy. Don't give me wrong, but she's absolutely, it, it, it wasn't a direct response to her. But it was a direct response, I think, to my upbringing, to the environment that I was in, that I knew this was going to be a way out. What out meant? What did I really want? No. And even in college, I started as nursing and went into like I was going to do teaching and I moved around in a couple majors. So I never had anything concrete except that I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended in higher education by accident. I knew I wanted to help people and I wanted to. Create a different life for myself, and that judgment on my mom again. Just I wanted to create something different.
0: It's, it's maybe it's it's fairer to say. Yeah. And you tell me if this is right that you wanted to experience another environment. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it, yeah exactly. And it 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 turned out great. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it turned out yeah,
1: great. It wasn't this profound. I wanted to learn, and I wanted to grow. Yeah. No once I started college, and clearly I'm getting a doctorate, I love education, I work in higher education, I understand its value. I don't think it's the only way out, but I understand its value and it has changed my
0: life in a lot of different ways. But I did not, that wasn't my initial intent. It opens your door. Uh, yeah, maybe we don't realize it at the time. It you know, it, It's a way to get other doors opened. Oh, absolutely. Um, But the first thing is, is definitely the fact that it is experiencing something else, especially when you're just so I've outgrown your mother's house at that yes. point. I think so much is not even the education that you get so much
1: from college, but it's that different experience. Mm-hmm. I was able to travel. I had never traveled besides going to the Dominican Republic to a different state for a conference. I was able to see certain things outside of yes. my city blocks and exposed to things that my mother did not have the access or even understanding or she had experience in
0: order to be able to share or, that with me. Or that you didn't have the resources to- Oh, so uh, uh, you have to go into a whole different platform that can facilitate that for you. Correct. And that's higher education.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So then Generation Fearless. When did you start Generation Fearless? How long? How old is it? Um, four years old, November of 2019. Beautiful. Okay. And what do you see for it in 2024? Um, I keep saying that we're
1: becoming an international organization. Um, That's the space that I want. The dream is for Generation Fearless to be the resource hub. We don't want to have the answers to everything because that would be impossible, but we want to be the person to know who has the answer for everything, to connect first-generation women, first-generation American college graduates, professionals, and all of that. Um, So the dream specifically for 2024 is one to bring our um, fearless conversations to live, to in-person, so we're the goal is to bring some of those in person and to do our first international trip. So we've been building relationships with some amazing women in India and some amazing women in the UK. So the dream is, and the plan is, at some point in 2024 twenty will be across somebody's waters.
0: So is it, is the experience is the same in, 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 different countries? I think some of the challenges, yeah, our
1: experiences aren't, aren't monolithic, but they are the same rate as women. I think when we focus on the intersectionality of our identities, and what that looks like, first-generation college women in India have similar challenges. First-gen professionals, um, yeah. and even though they're home, they're still navigating culture. So it's not the Latino culture. Even one of my board members, she is Egyptian, Muslim women. Our connection is like this because completely different backgrounds, but completely same path when it comes to how are we navigating. Workspaces. How are we navigating the emotions that we have, the guilt that we carry, the expectations that are there culturally? So we see that across the world, doesn't matter where you are, if you're the first in any space, you have a lot of the same feelings, and we need to build that community to support each other.
0: Community and community is worth it. So then, here's to you and global expansion in okay. four. Oh my goodness! So we're at the end of our conversation, Polaska, and I want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me on Diana Prince and uh, just uh, you know telling us about your amazing community. I'm gonna list your website in the description for anyone who wants to learn about Paul Alaska Ramirez and Generation Fearless.